Happy New Year. About this time, towards the every year, the end of December into the flipping of the new year in January, either in person or more this year as, as I didn't get to travel to Texas, uh, I have a conversation with my father that revolves around the family business. And what I mean by that is, of course, we'll, we'll talk about how was your holidays and, and what, you know, typically sports, how's that going? And then my dad's real identity and a love and a large part of who he is, we have a conversation about. You see, he is both a CPA as well as a financial planner. And we will always spend some time as a new year is approaching and a fiscal year is ending. We will always have a conversation about are your taxes paid up, estimate payments, and then how your portfolio and investments performed and all of that. And throughout the years, I have learned a lot about his two primary interests in his job, but a lot of it is still very unfamiliar to me. And I'm thankful for, for his voice into my life and that experience that he teaches me throughout the years about taxes and about investing. It is our family business. But as we look at the gospel today, we consider family business in another way. In the time of Jesus, and for centuries throughout, throughout history, traditionally it would be a father who would raise up a son and pass on a vocation or a job. And typically, like part, part of that, being a son, was more than just a position in a family. But it was a posture of obedience in which the son would just, as the father could not work anymore, would just slip right in and that would be passed on from generation to generation. Well, we know today sometimes that still happens, but oftentimes it's more rare. Oftentimes today, a daughter can be the one that steps in and takes over the family business. Or any siblings can go any way they want and do something completely different. Well, we have Jesus modeling that for us today in our gospel in the second chapter of Luke that Joe just read for us. Now, we see both, both Jesus in his earthly form being fully God and fully man, or a 12-year-old at this point. We see him eventually, as scripture tells us, he will take on the role of carpenter in the tradition of taking on his earthly father's position. But we also will hear, as the divine is revealed more to us, uh, as the story tells us about God's business in the family business. Now, we heard contextually to set up this beautiful piece of scripture that we have, as it is one of the only snapshots into that time between the birth and then Jesus coming, uh, John the Baptist coming at age 30. This is one of the only snapshots we have of Jesus as a 12-year-old. Just, just a week ago, we celebrated and we continue in this liturgical season of Christmas, the baby in the manger. But in our story today, that baby has grown up just a little bit in his 12 years of age. And as they do every year, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, are going to, in their religious practice and in their, in their piety, they are going to, traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem, to travel and to recognize and celebrate the festival of Passover. 
and they would travel with a caravan to head that way. They would arrive and, and remember and, and be part of everything to celebrate Passover, and then we hear after a week's time or so, that comes to an end, and they begin to travel back to Nazareth. And in that big caravan, you have to realize how they used to travel thousands of people together on this this yearly pilgrimage. And the men would normally get together and it was a time to socialize, talk about the thing that men talk about and how the week was as they would, would celebrate the high holy day and the festival. And then the women and the young children would typically be elsewhere in the line doing the same thing socializing and traveling back for safety and, and social time together. As we hear, they get about a, a day down, it's a three, two or three day journey, they get about a, a day's way away traveling from Jerusalem. And as they would come back together that night to bed down for the evening, they realize neither one of them has Jesus. And the, the gravity of the situation begins to sit in as they go to someone else and say, have you seen him? Have you seen him? And they realize in those thousands of people that he's nowhere to be found. This would lead them to saying goodbye to the safety of that group traveling back to Nazareth and all over the region. And they would have to turn and go back to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. We hear after three days time and returning all that way back to Jerusalem, they, they finally find Jesus. And where is he at 12 years of age? He is in the temple doing what is called midrash. He is actually in a rhetorical asking questions back and forth at 12 years of age. He is actually teaching those who are used to being the, the most skilled and studied rabbis and priests that, that would teach the law, especially during these high holy days. And we hear that what he is doing, just to be a fly on the wall in that moment, seeing the 12-year-old Jesus teaching and astonishing those that would, are the main teachers but we hear this is where Joseph and Mary come in and find Jesus and as they stumble upon this scene at first as seeing what Jesus is doing they are astonished as well but the hearts of them being parents and we hear especially with Mary begin to kick in and when Jesus gets to speak with Mary we hear that heart of a mother saying why have you done this to us Jesus or a, a different translation might be, what were you thinking? We were traveling back and we couldn't find you anywhere and you have caused us great anxiety. Why have you done this? And in Jesus' answer, this is the first recorded words of Jesus that we have. The word came into flesh. These are his first recorded actual physical words. And not in a rebellious way as we would expect with the 12-year-old middle schooler saying, why were you looking for me? I'm fine. More we hear the heart of the Lord and Savior as he says, why were you searching for me? You should have known after the angel had visited you and after all this time, where else do you think I would be but in my father's house? 
as we consider what that means as Jesus says it, we, we see in the text that Joseph and Mary in that moment don't understand what Jesus is actually getting at as they were a little confused and they would come to know after, after uh, an amount of time. But if you've ever studied Luke 2, 41 through 52 before, you might have seen a footnote that actually says when Jesus says that line, I must be in my father's house. There is another historical translation which actually helps us, helps us consider who the identity of this baby in the Christmas season is as he has grown up just a little bit. That translation says, must be in my father's house or I must be about my father's business, the family business. So I want to look at these two translations to paint us a picture to get us even deeper into the message of Christmas. Now as we hear, I must be in my father's house, and Jesus may have had an expectation that Mary and Joseph would have understood this. He is there in the presence of God the Father and God the Son as he is astonishing in the temple where God was met in those days. And he was just discussing and studying scripture. And from there, the house of God that we know, us having this church, Church of Our Savior, this building and this sacred ground onto us would be past the, the word, the prayers, how to pray, the sacraments, the very gifts of grace themselves, but that would, and that would be where we would have the presence of God. But something more miraculous happened as from the house of God and being in presence in relationship with God, the very message of Christmas itself, Emmanuel, God with us and us having access to that, there is only one other place in the Gospel of Luke which mentions a three-day period in which Jesus was absent but was found again as this is Jesus stepping into being about his father's business. 18 years later, John the Baptist would come on the scene after Jesus, this instance of him being 12, and say, there is one coming behind me. And that would lead him to the ministry of preparing for the coming kingdom of God and preparing the disciples for their ministry. And then as Jesus would face his cross, as he would die, and be absent for three days, yet to rise again. The, that what we find in the house of God now resides in our hearts. As by the cross and resurrection of Christ, we become living temples, a house for the Holy Spirit of the living God that can go with us. As the, as the veil was torn in that three-day period, the church now goes with us. Because of Emmanuel, God with us, we now get to walk in these adopted new identities. We get to have relationship and access to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because of what happened and what continues to happen in Christmas. And because of, of Jesus coming and putting to death sin for all of us, we are adopted into the family business of the family of God. 
Now for us, that is not dying on a physical cross and rising again, but, but because of what Jesus has done for us in our relationship with him on the cross, we indeed die to ourselves. And we learn day after day what resurrection looks like as we are continually sanctified by his cross and by his coming into the world where we grow as we hear Jesus did in favor and knowledge of in relationship with God in his love, in his mercy, and in his grace. What a gift for us. As we have had, as we are now in 2021, I don't know about you. you, you may be hearing this and have been living it, but I know I, I have had that up and down roller coaster in the year 2020 that we have all had to be, oh my gosh, vaccines are starting to roll out and the good news that comes with that. And then to be met in, in the last few days with news of, oh, and there's a new, conta more contagious uh, part of the virus that's out there. It has been an exhausting roller coaster and as you may have had the excitement of 2021 already fail you to to be having that kind of just I'm weary and I'm wrung out and just tired but may you hear the words of encouragement and comfort and being in the house of God in in the presence of God and how we all have access to that and then as we are now in the family business as, as God continues to work within us and through us by his Holy Spirit within, may you walk in the light of the one who shines brightly into the continued brokenness and darkness in our world. All honor, praise, and glory be to our Lord and Savior, Emmanuel, who came into the world and makes this possible for us all. Amen. The Nicene Creed is...